in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. That's right. It's the 30-something movie podcast marching right on to 100. We're episode number 89 this time around, taking a look at the Woody Allen movie Hannah and Her Sisters. Um, very quickly before we get started, just to remind you, we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So if you have not seen Hannah and Her Sisters, um, I don't know where they are. Um, they were in the movie, but um, okay, that was bad. I'm sorry. Um if you have not seen the movie, then you may want to wait, see the movie, and then come on back and listen to the show. I am joined by no one this time around. Um, we are, again, I've, I've kind of mentioned this a few times, we are all teachers and it is the start of the school year, so it's a very, very busy time. Uh, Jeff is going to be in a show. Um, he auditioned for a show and he's going to be in a stage show, so he's doing that. Um Bo is is busy with stuff at the high school, local high school here, and uh, Dennis and Pat are cross-country coaches, and this is cross-country season, so, um, and my schedule's gotten kind of busy as well with uh, helping to, I'm going to be helping coach my son's uh, flag football team, and um, just all kinds of other stuff going on, so it's it's gotten a little busy, and so we did not have a chance to meet up this time around, um, but hopefully we'll be able to get together again here um, for the next few episodes this month. And um, then we can have a, a little bit of a group discussion going on. So um, that puts it at a little bit of a disadvantage for this time around um, with it being a Woody Allen movie because I'm going to admit before I even get to talking about the movie that I don't like Woody Allen. Um, and so it was going to be a stretch for me to watch this movie. But uh, I'll go into more detail on that as we get going. Uh, I will say to kind of tease it just a little bit, I liked the movie. I still don't like Woody Allen, but I like the movie. And I'll, I'll go into how that works a little bit later on. Um, so I already mentioned that we do spoil things. Uh, if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, we would love that. That would be great. Um, if you are listening to the show and you are enjoying what you are hearing, then please let us know. If you're not enjoying what you're hearing, we'd love to know that as well. Um, you can always send that to us in an email and just let us know, give us some constructive feedback. Uh, if it's stuff like you suck, then uh, we don't want to hear that. But um, if you got constructive feedback, then we'd love to hear that. So this time around, we will be looking at Hannah and her sisters. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Back it up just a second. I do have some really quick new movie news. And it's not really new movie news because the news has been out for a little while. Uh, but the trailer for this just dropped, I, I want to say it was a, a few weeks ago, unless I'm totally out of the loop. Um, when was it? I had this up just a second ago. Uh, it's probably like a couple weeks ago. No. Ooh, good grief. It's like a month ago now. All right. Well, I am out of the loop then. So if you have not heard about this, because I had heard about it, but I had not seen the trailer up to this point, they are making an animated movie. It's coming out actually just a few weeks from now. It's coming out, I believe, on October 11th. Uh, they are making an animated movie of the 1966 Batman and Robin TV show. 
Um, it's going to be called Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. And uh, I did watch the little trailer that they put out for it. And I, I have some opinions on it. So let me play the audio of the trailer for you. And then I will get into um, some opinions I have about this. It's starting to heat up, Batman. Well, we do smell delicious. The smell of death, Robin, I'm afraid. Guess this is our last meal, Batman. Then this is one time I would advocate starting with dessert. I suppose it doesn't matter if we ruin our appetites now. No, Robin. Dessert is a new Batman film. Holy spoiler alert! Starring us? Correct, Robin. We're back this fall at an all-new feature-length animated movie, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Holy entree, Batman! What foes do we face? Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman. On Earth. And in space. Wow! With the voices of Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar? True. And a good crime fighter always keeps his fans informed. Stay tuned, citizens, to the Batmobile. Okay, so having seen the trailer, um, and this was the first time I saw the trailer. I know it's been out for for about a month now, but this was my first chance to get to see it. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. Like I really enjoyed the 1966 Batman TV show. Um, I've enjoyed reading some of the comics. They've done the Batman 66 comics. If you haven't seen those, they are a lot of fun. Um, they do them as digital comics, but then they've also got them as, as paper comics as well. Uh, if you've got a comic book store nearby or if you want to go uh, grab those online somewhere, um, so love the TV show. My kids have loved it when we've uh, found it on reruns on TV. Um, and just, I, I love the camp of it. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's a good, uh, it's a good swing to the other end of the spectrum after getting a lot of kind of dark and gritty Batman stuff. Um, I did love Batman, the brave and the bold. If you've never seen that cartoon, my kids loved that when they were uh, much younger, uh, that kind of had the same kind of feel to it. It, it's still, it that was almost like a cross between the 66 Batman and the Batman animated series. There was still, Batman was kind of, he was still kind of a, you know, the gravelly voice, but then at the same time he was doing some kind of campy, goofy things. It was just fun. It was a really fun TV show and it had that kind of vibe to it. And I actually think Adam West, um, voiced some characters in that cartoon as well. So seeing this one. The trailer opens up. I mean, you only heard the audio on here. So if you haven't seen the trailer, I'm going to put it in the show notes on our website, um, 30podcast.com, if you have not been there. But I'll put the trailer there so you can take a look at it. Uh, it starts out with Batman and Robin um, being tied up, and they're on this giant uh, cafeteria tray that has giant globs of food, like mashed potatoes and gravy and some kind of a dessert and other stuff. And they're on this conveyor belt moving towards this giant oven, which, of course, is labeled giant oven because everything was labeled in the TV show because uh, you're not smart enough to know that it's a giant oven or a bat computer or a crime calculator or a whatever it might be. And so it, it kind of starts off with that and that's why they, they talk about smelling delicious and, and that it's getting hot and, and all that. So that part I really enjoy. Like that part, let's, let's just camp it up. Okay, it's an animated uh, version of the 66 TV show. Let's camp it up. Let's enjoy the fact that it's a cartoon and that these, it's these older characters 
Here's the only part that I have a problem with just based on the trailer. I'm still going to see this movie. I'm still going to go find this movie. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. But the one part I have a little bit of a problem with uh, is not Burt Ward's Robin. Don't have a problem with him. Sounds good. The voice still pretty close. It's Batman's voice. And I, I love Adam West. Love him to death. Great actor. Well, I don't say he's a great actor, but um, a, a fun actor and a fun personality and a character. Um, the voice just doesn't fit. I, I was listening to this and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to – I know that Adam West is older. And I'm trying to divorce the fact that I can hear the age in his voice. And it just doesn't fit with Batman. With this Batman who is a young, vibrant, um, cartoon version of his 60s campy self, I can hear the older voice of Adam West in that. So I almost wish, I, I know that for the sake of nostalgia, they got the actors back, Julie Newmar, uh, Adam West and Burt Ward, they got them back to do the voices, but I almost wish they would have got someone to maybe do an impersonation, um, to do an impression of Batman, somebody that could come in and, and do that voice that sounds a little bit more like the original Adam West voice from the 60s, uh, and, and then maybe have Adam West play some other character. Maybe Adam West can do Alfred or uh, something. Um, but I don't know. That was the only part of it that kind of bothered me, was was Batman's voice in this. Other than that, I'm, I'm ready to see it. I think it looks like fun. And so um, I, I didn't see what it was rated, so I don't, know if, I don't know if the kids will be able to watch it or not. I imagine they will. I'm hoping they don't make this like a PG-13 type thing because TV show back then wouldn't have been PG-13. So hopefully I'll be able to show it to the kids, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So that is the only new movie news that I had right now. Uh, there was some other stuff I saw floating around um, about Benicio Del Toro being cast in the Predators movie, but I haven't really looked up too much on that yet, so I'm not going to go into a whole lot of that. So why don't we just go on ahead and jump into our discussion of Hannah and her sisters. So Hannah and her sisters was released on March 14, 1986 was rated PG-13, directed and written by Woody Allen, who also did Sleeper, Annie Hall, Manhattan, Midnight in Paris, and many, many other movies. The producer for this one was Robert Greenhut, who also produced a lot of uh, Woody Allen's movies, did Annie Hall, uh, but he also did Dog Day Afternoon, Big, A League of Their Own. Uh, there was no music credit for this one. There's a lot of music in this movie, but no music credit, so they don't have anybody listed as, as doing a score or who might have organized and put it all together. Budget for this one was $6.4 million. The box office was $40.1 million, so it definitely made its money back. This one's starring Barbara Hershey as Lee. She was in The Right Stuff, Hoosiers, The Last Temptation of Christ, Falling Down, and Black Swan. Mia Farrow played Hannah. She was in Rosemary's Baby, The Purple Rose of Cairo, uh, Supergirl, The Great Gatsby. Michael Caine played Elliot. Uh, he was in Alfie, The Italian Job, and these are the older versions. I know there are newer versions of those movies, but uh, older versions of those movies. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, The Muppet Christmas Carol, one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, and he was in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies as Alfred. Uh, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, uh, played April in this movie. She was in, obviously, the Star Wars movies. Uh, she was in The Blues Brothers, The Burbs, and When Harry Met Sally. Woody Allen, of course, is in this movie because he's in all of his movies. Uh, he played Mickey, the hypochondriac. He was also in Sleeper, Annie Hall, Manhattan, Midnight in Paris, and every other thing he's ever made. Diane Weist played Holly. She was in Footloose, The Lost Boys, Edward Scissorhands, Bullets Over Broadway, and I Am Sam. 
Uh, Maureen O'Sullivan, uh, which actually I didn't realize is the real-life mother of Mia Farrow um, and the mother of Mia Farrow in this movie, she died in 1998. She played Norma. Uh, she mostly played, a lot of her older stuff was playing Jane in the Tarzan movies. Um, she was in Tarzan and His Mate, but a lot of the other Tarzan movies. A Day at the Races with the Marx Brothers and Peggy Sue Got Married. Lloyd Nolan died in 1985. This was actually his last film. He played Evan. Uh, was Norma's husband in the movie. Uh, played in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn and Peyton Place. Max von Sydow played Frederick. Uh, he was in The Seventh Seal, The Exorcist. Little known fact that he was in Ghostbusters too. Some people probably knew that. Uh, he was the voice of Vigo. Vigo the Carpathian. Command me, Lord. Um, he was also in Minority... I don't know where that came from. He was in Minority Report. I know where that came from. He was also in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Louis Black. So now we're getting into the uh, the people that are famous now that had either little tiny bit parts in this movie or they were not even credited. So Louis Black was one of the writers as Woody Allen is walking through the hallway and there's a bunch of writers following him for his TV show. Uh, one of them is named Paul. Uh, that was Louis Black. He was in The Daily Show and the cartoon Inside Out. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus was Mary, one of the other writers. She was in Seinfeld, Soul Man, Christmas Vacation. Uh, and the architect that two of the, uh, I think it was April and Holly, kind of were fighting over, uh, the architect that they end up riding around New York with and looking at buildings and talking to, uh, and April ends up dating, was actually Sam Waterston from Law & Order, The Killing, Fil Killing Fields, can't even say that today, and the TV show The Newsroom. Great, great TV show. Um, Aaron Sorkin, if you are a fan of The West Wing and you are a newspaper person uh, like I was, then um, you will enjoy The Newsroom. That was a great show. Um, all right, so Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give this one a 93%. The audience gives it a 91%. This is probably the movie that we have looked at so far that gets the highest praise from both Siskel and Ebert. They both gave it four stars. Uh, Ebert said, Woody Allen's Hannah and Her Sisters, the best movie he has ever made, is organized like an episodic novel with a cute little self-contained vignettes adding up to the big picture. Siskel said, what a piece of work is man, especially when he can create such art as Hannah and Her Sisters, which ranks in Woody Allen's career as an achievement equal to his very finest serial comedies, Annie Hall and Manhattan. CinemaScore gave this an A. And then there were several awards for this movie listed. Uh, it won Oscars for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Michael Caine. It won Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Diane Weist. It won Best Writing, uh, Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen, Woody Allen. Um, and then it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Art Direction, uh, and Best Film Editing. It won the Best Picture Comedy or Musical for the Golden Globes, nominated for several others, Won some BAFTA awards for Best Direction and Best Screenplay. Nominated for a lot of others. Won American uh, Comedy Award, Woody Allen, um, and several other. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, as you go down the list of awards for this movie, there are a lot. So I'm not going to list all of them. But needless to say, this movie won quite a few awards. So a very quick, confusing summary about this movie. Uh, over the course of three family Thanksgivings, we're introduced to Hannah, one of the sisters, uh, whose husband, Elliot, falls in love with her sister, Lee, who isn't quite sure who or what she wants um, and what she wants to be, ultimately. The third sister, Holly, is failing at nearly everything she does and has no confidence, but ultimately finds love and her confidence in Hannah's hypochondriac ex-husband, Mickey. Okay, so you got that? So Mickey who ultimately falls in love with Holly, was originally married to Hannah, but then they broke up, and then 
and then Elliot, her current husband, Hannah's current husband, is in love with Lee, who is actually dating Frederick, the artist, and that, yeah, so it's a little complex. Uh, let's listen to the trailer, and then we'll be back in just a moment. There's something very lovely and real about Hannah. She gives me a very deep feeling of being part of something. Did you ever read this one? Lee, Lee, I'm in love with you. You mentioned to me yourself that you and Elliot were having some problems. You were having problems, and problems that are my business, which I don't see how you could know about in such detail. It's a good thing we had a talented daughter. I can only hope that she was mine. With you as her mother, her father could be anybody in actor's equity. Two months ago, you thought you had a malignant melanoma. Naturally, I, I, you know, I had the sudden appearance of a black spot on my back. It was on your shirt. I'm going to cry. You want my husband to have a child with you? Yeah, d- don't answer now. Just, you know, take it home and think about it for a while. God, I should have married you years ago when you wanted to. I should have agreed. Oh, God, don't you know it never would have worked? It's an epiphany of the soul, like, if you know what I mean. I... No, I know exactly what you mean, Don. I don't know if you remember me, but we had the worst night of my life together. All right, so uh, some interesting things about this movie. I did not realize um, originally that this was something that was kind of based on a, a couple of movies. Well, I haven't seen both of them, but a couple of movies that I had seen. Uh, one of them I had seen a long time ago and uh, one I have not seen. But um, this was influenced by uh, Ingmar Bergman's Fanny and Alexander. I have seen that one long, long time ago um, but uh, and, and didn't make the connection originally until I was reading up on this. Uh, and another movie from uh, the 1960s, uh, Lucino Visconti's Rocco and His Brothers, which obviously shares a similar name. Um, but the uh, in the Fanny and Alexander, it, it did kind of, I did remember this uh, kind of as it went along that, um, but again, didn't make that connection until I read about it later, that it that is another movie where you have a, a big family gathering um, and they have a holiday where that's kind of what shows you the passage of time. Um, I think, if I remember reading correctly and if I remember correctly from the movie, I think it was Christmas instead of a Thanksgiving. Um, and it's kind of broken up into a, um, you know, the the first time everybody's kind of happy or seems happy at least. Um, the second, it's a little bit more turmoil. And then finally, the third is where you have uh, the kind of the wrap up of everything and, and everybody's, you see where everybody's going from that point. Um, very similar to this movie as well. And uh, in the other one, there was um, in the... Uh, Visconti movie, Rocco and his brothers, there was the same type of dividing up of sections of the movie so that you get uh, a sense of the different uh, story arcs for um, the different brothers, the different relatives in that movie. So very similar to that. And obviously those were were influences for Woody Allen. Um, I'll just get right into it. I This movie, I, I don't tend to like Woody Allen. Like I don't like him... I think it's his nervous energy that I just don't like. Um, I will admit that in the movies of his that I've seen, um, let's see, I saw Curse of the Jade Scorpion, 
and um, I've seen Sleeper. And actually, I like Sleeper. That that would be the one if I had to pick a Woody Allen movie that I've seen that I like. I do like Sleeper, um, but I don't know. It, something about his nervous energy just grates on me. Um, it's a little bit. I've, I've said before in some of the movies where we've had Bobcat Goldthwait. I can only take so much of that kind of ah, that whole manic craziness in the in the character like that. And especially when it's so over the top, like Bobcat Goldthwait does in some of his parts. And and loved it as a kid, like thought it was hilarious as a kid. As an adult, I, I can take maybe a minute or two of it, and then it just it just I, I can't handle it anymore. And I think that in a lot of ways, Woody Allen is very similar. Like I can there are moments of his where he he'll do something funny. Like I like the line in this one where he's He's talking to, I don't know if that was his secretary or, or just somebody he works with. And and she said, you know, last year you thought you had a malignant melanoma. And he's, well, well, of course, because, you know, the, the, the sudden appearance of a black spot on your back. And, and she said, well, it was on your shirt. And so, but, but in that scene, it's it's a little bit of his reaction, but it's also people reacting to him. And, and I have an easier time with that when people are reacting to him. I think those people are funnier. Um... But there were a few times in this where where I did think that you know he there were some funny moments like when he's talking about uh, he's grappling with his mortality uh, as a hypochondriac he at one point thinks he has cancer and so he goes through all these you know tests and everything else and it turns out he doesn't um, but then he spends the rest of the time grappling with his mortality and uh, the part where he wants to go through and, and convert to Catholicism you know he just wants to give it a try he, you know thinks he'd be willing to do it um, and then that doesn't take so he ends up uh, going out to talk with the uh, Hari Krishnas and um, has the argument with his family you know his mother goes and locks herself in the bedroom when he tells them that he's trying to convert to Catholicism and you know, those moments are, were funny and, um, you know, a few other times here and there. But I don't know, just him as an actor, as a person, I can only take so much of that kind of nervous, manic energy that that he that he has, kind of his personality that comes across. And, and it's it seems to be that way in every one of his movies. And I just get tired of that character. So I think that's why I don't tend to seek out his movies as much. Now, having said that, and having said for a good portion of my life as an adult and watching movies that I don't like Woody Allen, I was actually surprised how much I liked this movie. I did really like this movie. Now, it's probably not hard to believe. There's a, a just a gaggle of amazing actors in this movie. Michael Caine and uh, Barbara Hershey was great in this movie. And, um, you know, I just it, there's a lot of great actors in this movie. So when I was actually watching this movie, I, I kind of, you know, I went into this movie with... I don't know if I went in with low expectations or not, but I went into it thinking, okay, I'm probably not going to enjoy this, but I'm I'm going to give it a try. Um, I'm, I'm going to do it for the podcast, and I'm going to I'm going to take one for the team, and and we'll just do this. And admittedly, uh, some of the other guys, even though they were going to be busy anyway, they kind of looked at this one, and I think they read the plot synopsis, and they're like, eh, I might be missing for this one. So I'm. Um, you know, so it wasn't one that, that really was was just jumping right across our radar. It's not like some of the action ones that we've talked about, and it's not one of the more exciting movies. But I thought it was really re- well written. You know, if I'm going to give Woody Allen any props, it's going to be for his writing. I think that he is a great writer um, in the stories that of the movies that I've seen of his, the ones that I've given a chance. Um, you know, definitely, I, I think that uh, he is a good writer, and... 
that was another interesting thing that I found out um, when I was doing some research on this movie was how uh, Mia Farrow was a little nervous about some of this movie because when she originally saw the script of it um, that Woody Allen had given her, she was worried that it was very close to her family, that it was almost telling a story of her. You know, he, he did kind of use her. I mean, she was in a lot of his movies, and he did kind of use her as his muse, and, and um, you know, she inspired him for a lot of, a lot of his characters that he created, and uh, he created a lot for her. And, and so I think Hannah was meant to be Mia Farrow, um, and I think um, I, I read uh, it was either on Wikipedia or it was in a in an article about it that he even admits that it was a romanticized. Oh, here's the quote. I've got it right in front of me. A romanticized perception of Mia. She's very stable. She has eight children now, and she's able to run her career and have good relationships with her sister and her mother. I'm very impressed with those qualities, and I thought if she had two unstable sisters, it would be interesting. And so, apparently, when um, when he handed this script to her, uh, she was very nervous about it and um, and just said that, that this was maybe a little bit too close to real life and that she suggested some changes and uh, he kind of said, no, um, we're already in pre-production, so we're just going to run with this. Um, and I think she was maybe a little worried as well that, uh, you know, that some of this idea of the husband... Um, wanting to have an affair with the sister, she kind of in the back of her mind was thinking, well, is this, does he have feelings for my sister? Is he cheating on me? Is he, what is this? So I think those all got resolved. Obviously the movie got made and they all got resolved, but then I, I thought it was interesting how that is actually reflected in the movie itself when you have Holly, who is becoming the writer, finally she finds something that that she's going to be successful at, uh, Diane Weist's character, and you've got the part where she takes some things that are a little too close to real life for Hannah's character. And um, they have a little bit of an argument about that at one of the Thanksgiving celebrations. And so that was interesting to find that out, that there was kind of a real life um, tension, a little discomfort with the idea that this was, that Woody Allen had written this maybe a little too close to real life. And, and then in the movie, you've got that reflected as well. Um, I did think Michael Caine, I, I enjoyed his character. Um, I liked his performance and how he kind of struggled with... That to me was was funny as well, kind of how he struggled with the whole idea of, you know, he's he's got his wife and he loves his wife, but he also just has these really strong feelings for Lee. Um, and especially the part where he's talking about, well, I've got to do this carefully. It's got to be very, you know, if I'm going to tell her that I love her, I, it's got to be very careful. And then I think she speaks one syllable and he just reaches in and kisses her. Um and and then the whole part of him, you know, like needing to call her. This is a mistake. He's got to call her. He's, it's one o'clock in the morning, but it doesn't matter. And it, and then the phone rings, and he picks it up. And obviously, she ruins it all by telling him that she's thinking about him. And and then that just destroys his whole thing of trying to call it off. Um, so th- there were definitely some funny moments in the movie. Um, and I just, it was just good writing. I thought it was good writing. I thought the way that they interspersed all of the different people's stories was well done. Um, I did like the kind of the interjection of the almost like chapter titles. I think I actually read somebody else that said that too, but I thought of that as watching the movie that these were like uh, chapter titles in a book. So has this ultimately changed my mind about Woody Allen? Um, 
you know, about him as an actor? No. Um, I, I was able to, I was able to tolerate uh, him as an actor in this movie. Um, you know, and I, maybe I just haven't given him enough of a fair shake. So this has the writing of this movie, um, has made me think that I do need to go back and, and Jeff, um, earlier had kind of recommended another one of his movies to me. So, um, you know, as, as someone who enjoys writing and, and who wishes he could be more of a writer than he currently is, uh, he said that I would enjoy one of the other movies. And uh, so, you know, this has kind of given me the sense that maybe I should go back uh, and I should watch some of his other movies that maybe I've just kind of, I've attached this negative feeling about his, um, you know, nervous, hypochondriac, manic energy to it. And, and then, um, you know, just kind of blanketed all of his movies with that opinion of him. So this has inspired me to go back and watch other Woody Allen movies. So I I will say that. Um, Great story. Great. uh, Just the the relationships are fleshed out in this movie. Um, You know, I thought they did a really nice job of interplaying the different relationships and the, the back and forth between these different characters and the, the way everything kind of worked together in the end, uh, I thought was really well done. Um, the other really funny scene from this was the scene where when they jump back in time to when Hannah and Mickey are married and they find out that they can't have children, then they talk about doing artificial insemination and, and so they invite some friends over to talk to him about it and it just gets very awkward from there. Listen, you guys, we... What's more? Hmm. We, we, we had something we, we really wanted to discuss with you. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, this is, this is, this is very delicate, and, and I only bring this up amongst friends, you know? I mean, this is, uh, this should not go any further than this room. I'm all ears. Hannah and I can't have any children. Now, I, I, I don't want to get into whose fault it is. It's my fault that we can't, and, and, and the details are too embarrassing to... We've, we've decided after a lot of discussion that we, we try with artificial insemination. Yeah, I'm not so sure that I, that I like that idea myself. I, I, I didn't really want to, you know, go to a sperm bank or something, have some anonymous donor. I, I just, mm. you know, I, I wouldn't want that. Right, we felt if we were going to do it that we would like somebody who we knew and who we liked and who was warm and bright. And, you can say no, you know, feel free to say no. We, we realize it has all kinds of implications. Yeah, the, the point that, that we're making here is that we need some sperm. Gee. Well, my first reaction after the initial shock is uh, flattered that you'd ask me. <laughs> yeah, well, I would be the father. You would just have to masturbate into a little cup. I can handle that. Obviously, we, we wouldn't have intercourse. <laughs> Gosh, listen, I've got to tell you the truth here. I'm a little uneasy about this. You know, I know it's a lot to ask. Well, I feel for you. I do. I, I'm i going to cry. You want my husband to have a child with you? Yeah, don't answer now. Just, you know, take it home and think about it for a while. I gave blood before and uh, clothing to the poor. Okay, Norman, listen, I really want to talk about this at home. I think it's a matter for your analyst and mine. And maybe my lawyer. You know, we, we understand completely if, you know, if you feel you'd, you'd rather not. I didn't mean to spoil the evening. Now let's move on to another topic. 
you know, and more so in this scene, uh, instead of the reactions of, you know, Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, it's, um, you know, the reactions of the partner of the of the other couple that's there that they're talking to and how they're reacting to um, what uh, Mickey and Hannah are saying that, you know, I, <laughs> the other guys, well, I've given blood before and I've donated clothes to the homeless and, um, well... I guess it's <laughs> and just the just the uncomfortableness of the whole situation and at the end they're just like oh you know we really didn't re- mean to ruin the evening so let's let's go on to our next topic how do you follow that <laughs> that's the, that part's I mean that's just the the funny part to me is they you know they they go on into this whole thing and you know we don't want to make it awkward but it's kind of awkward and we don't want to say whose fault it is it's my fault um and uh, but but this is this is what we want to do and and this is what's going to happen and and uh okay well if you don't want to then that's cool um and uh okay we didn't mean to make it awkward so let's just talk about something else so it's one of those situations that let's talk about something else and you're not going to be able to talk about anything else so uh, that to me was that interaction was probably one of the funnier parts uh one of the funnier scenes in the movie Ultimately, this was one of Woody Allen's most financially successful movies um, until, I believe it was until Matchpoint in 2005, uh, was probably his next most financially successful movie. Uh, one of the other things that that I kind of noticed when I was looking through some information on this movie and, and doing a little bit of research was that there were some places that had listed this as one of the greatest romantic movies of all time. Not, now, not the greatest, um, but uh, one article had listed it as the number seven most romantic movie of all time. I don't know. Um, you know, I've never actually sat down and ranked the uh, movies like the, the love story type movies that I've seen and, and which ones I think are the ro- most romantic movies of all time. Um, so that would be a question maybe for you, the listeners. If you have a ranking of the uh, – let's, let's do like the top five. What are your top five most romantic movies of all time? Uh, if you want to send those into us, you can either do that through 30podcast.com. Uh, if you want to do it to our email, 30podcast uh, at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at 30 podcast. Uh, however you want to do that. If you want to call in, we've got the voicemail line as well. Um, it's uh, 87235-MOVIE. It's 87235-MOVIE. So if you want to send that to us as an audio. Um, I would just be curious because I've, I don't know that I've ever sat down and listed out what I think are the greatest love stories of all time in film. Um, but there were several places that listed this as, as one of their top ones. I found an AMC listing uh, 50 greatest romantic movies and it is one where people can vote up and vote down different movies so it's it's almost kind of like a a user uh, generated list but they had some listed that I don't know if I would list these you know they're obviously I'm going to list ones higher that I've seen or that I'm you know, a little bit of a bigger fan of. and um, I'll run down just the first few that are on this list just to kind of give you an idea of, of what they have listed off. Um, they have, number one, Gone with the Wind. Number two, Casablanca. Number three, Sense and Sensibility. Number four, Now Voyager. Uh, number five, The Notebook. Number six, um, I am going to mess up how this is said, Ninochka. Okay. Not sure. Um, Sorry for butchering that. Number seven, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Number eight, Roman Holiday. Number nine, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Number 10, Love Actually. Number 11, Pride and Prejudice. Number 12, Sleepless in Seattle. Number 13, It's a Wonderful Life. And and then you've you've got Males 14, Titanic is 15, Um, English Patient, uh, Dr. Chicago, Love Story. So I'm not even seeing, um, oh, Annie Hall is probably the first 
Woody Allen one that's on here, um, number 23. But uh, not even seeing it here on this list. Pretty Woman's on here too. Singing in the Rain, Dirty Dancing, uh, The Princess Bride. Oh, The Princess Bride should be number one, I kind of feel like. I mean, it's it's a story. It's all about love. I mean, well, we're going to do that next year, so I'll just leave that. They have that at number 35. So, um, so somebody obviously really enjoys Hannah and her sisters, and, and they've listed that like way up higher on their list of uh, greatest romantic movies of all time for, for them to call it a number seven. It's not even on this list of the 50 greatest uh, that people have helped vote up or down on AMC. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't know where I don't know where I'd rank this. I don't know that I would rank this up there with you know greatest love stories of all time. But like I said, this movie just has some really good writing to it. It's it's helped me kind of reevaluate maybe what I'm thinking about Woody Allen, and um, you know to to give him another shot. Well, I think ultimately that's going to do it for uh, my discussion on Hannah and her sisters. Um, this was one when I put it on the list. You know, I put it there because it was ranked as a um, you know, a pretty successful, you know, higher ranked movie for 1986. It was one that even back at the beginning of the year when I put this on the list, I'm like, it's Woody Allen. I don't know. It, okay, at least it's in September and I don't have to mess with it for nine months. Um, but now it's a movie that I'm glad that I watched. So if you are someone who maybe is not a huge fan of Woody Allen, um, I would definitely give this movie a shot. Uh, go take a look at it. It's, uh, it surprised me. Okay, it's not an action movie. It's it's not fast paced, um, but it's funny. It's heartwarming. Um, it's it's warm and inviting. Dennis will get that one. Um, you know, it, it just it was better than I thought it would be, and it was a very well written movie. So I have to agree with um, Siskel and Ebert. You know, I don't know if I would give it high praise to say it's like one of the greatest things ever written, but um, you know, it's it's definitely up there with with some of the uh, movies that I've seen that are written very well and that you can you can take such a convoluted situation as these intermingled relationships and and do it successfully. Um, and I was surprised Carrie Fisher could sing. Didn't know that. I don't know that I would want to hear her sing now. Sorry, Carrie. Um, but I was surprised that, that she was not a horrible singer um, when she had to sing in the one scene. So so that was all right. All right. Well, coming up very, very soon, I am getting excited. I mean, I'm excited for our next couple of movies. Um, Stand By Me, I haven't seen in a long time, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. That's going to be our movie next week. We've got The Mosquito Coast coming up. I have not seen that one. I'm, I'm kind of excited to go back and see. Um, I, I like Harrison Ford, and there's a lot of Harrison Ford movies that I have that I just have not experienced. Uh, Mosquito Coast is one of them, so I'm curious to see that one. And then I'm really looking forward to October because I know Pat's not, our, our other co-host, Pat Canigallo. He's not, not a fan of the horror movies. Um, he may disappear for the month of October, but we'll see. Maybe we can get him in for Little Shop of Horrors and The Fly. But um, I am having a feeling that Poltergeist 2 and House are not going to be uh, ones he's going to be up for. Um, I am in looking into doing maybe an episode of the Razzies of 1986. If you're not familiar with the Razzies, that's the Golden Raspberry Award for the worst movies made in a year. Um, so maybe looking at doing an episode of that towards the beginning of October. And then coming up in October, we've got Poltergeist 2, House, Little Shop of Horrors, The Fly, and hoping to, at some point in October, uh, do an episode on the Dark Knight Returns uh, comic. And that may be um, 
for this year, that may be the last of our comics in 1986. 86 was a big year in the comic book industry. That may be the last one we end up having time for. Um, there were some other uh, big comics that came out in 86, but that may be the one, you know, as we get into the holiday season, that may be one of the last episodes we have a chance to do that. And um, we're going to try to bring in a, a couple of guest hosts for that one. So that should be coming up hopefully towards the end of October. We'll get that one in there. Um, if you have any reviews for us, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to, you know, if you've been screaming at your phone or your iPod or your computer and you totally disagree or you absolutely agree with anything that we've said, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to find all the ways that you can get in touch with us, you can just head over to 30podcast.com. That's 30podcast.com. And that has all the different ways you can reach us. We've got Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, we are on a lot of the different um, podcatchers that you would use to listen to your podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes. You can listen directly from the website itself. You can email us through our Gmail address. Um, you can call us through our uh, our phone number that we've got. We've got a voicemail line. So if you've got some opinions about the movies we've talked about, or if you've got some opinions about other 86 movies, it doesn't matter if we did the movie at the very beginning of the year. I don't care if you want to talk about uh, I don't know. Um, Iron Eagle. I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about. Um, if it's a movie from 86, even if it's a movie from 85, one that we did last year, whatever. Uh, feel free to give us a call or send us an email or smoke signals or whatever. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, there is also on our website a forum for you to suggest movies. So if we haven't talked about one of the movies that you enjoy uh, from 1986, um, and uh, or if you've got some ideas for what we can do for 87, we'd love to hear from you. So please, please, please jump on there. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. And um, we just thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all the people that are coming back each week. Um, we don't have a huge, huge audience, but we... It, it, that's fine. We're just we we keep doing this because we love the movies. We love to talk about them, and uh, except for Howard the Duck, we didn't love that one. But uh, we just do this because we love it. We hope that you're enjoying some of this too. We hope that you're getting something out of this, and we're just trying the best that we can to bring you a good show each and every week, um, so that you just have you know you have a good time listening. So um, that being the case, come on back here next week for Stand by Me, and in the meantime, uh, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. Tell him, Max. How the hell do I know why they were Nazis? I don't know how the can opener works.